This is City AM Unregulated. I'm Emma Hazlitt. On this week's show, Embracing the Female Lead. There is no doubt that there have to be encouragements to get more women to step forward. Tesco Club Card creator Edwina Dunn. It's not about you crowing or saying, look at me. You owe it to others. You know, Tesco doubled their market share over less than seven years. It was the magic moment of our career. We'll never, ever forget it. Hello and welcome to City AM's Unregulated Podcast. This week, we're joined by one half of the partnership that created the Tesco Club Card. Edwina, you've just written a book called The Female Lead. Tell us all about it. It actually began four years ago when we sold the business, uh, Dunhumby. We retired and I thought, I'm probably going to get bored, so I'm going to start a project about something that I care about. And I had worked for a long long time in a very male-dominated world, retail and consumer yeah. packaged goods. I can imagine, especially supermarkets. Yeah, and I, I wanted to do some kind of reflection about what women saw when they looked in the mirror. And in fact, the early stages of this project was called the What I See Project. So what is it women perceive rather than, you know, how other people mm-hmm. see them when they look at them? And that was really the beginning of the project and it very much became how do we bring forward this idea of women as role models how do we celebrate some amazing achievements of women who are alive today so not from the past Mm -hmm. but from right now so let's talk about some of the people that you interviewed you've interviewed 60 people from across the spectrum so you've got Lena Dunham there the actress but then you've got women like Lady Barbara Judge. I mean, she's a very interesting one. She was the first female boss of the IOD. Well, she's amazing. And I think what comes across is the sense that, you know, people can be passionate about very, very different things. Um, Barbara Judge is is a consummate businesswoman. Um, she has such a passion for female empowerment, you know, being the best you can be. And she talks about it very eloquently and she immediately embraced this idea and said, you know, let's do it, let's share it with our membership, perfect. And I think, you know, all of the ladies that we've spoken to have in some way shown their very different passions, you know, what, what feeds them, what motivates them, what excites them incredibly different and that's the joy of the campaign. I mean Barbara Judge talks a lot about the inspiration she got from her mum who who pushed her into being a lawyer instead of an actress. It's is that something you find across a lot of the interviews is their mothers inspired them or it is a very um particular theme. We did find five very very strong themes from the project and that was one of them. Interestingly enough, it wasn't about their mothers or parents wanting them to be something in particular but to follow their passions and be the best they could be at whatever it is that they chose so rather than being prescriptive they were just encouraging and you know go for what you believe in and that was certainly one of the themes 
And another person that you spoke to was Helena Morrissey. Um, what did she say? What, what were her inspirations? We focused very much on her work about getting um, women onto boards. Mm-hmm. and um, the 33%. Absolutely. And getting that representation. And I was very interested in how you try and change something that has seemed rather impossible to achieve for quite a long time. And we talked a lot about quotas and are quotas good or bad. And what's your view? Oh, it's complicated, isn't it? it? I think I'm going to hedge my bets and say there is no doubt that there have to be encouragements to get more women to step forward. But I don't think anybody wants a woman to be chosen over someone who's better qualified. Having said that, um, one amazing woman, whose name I can't remember right now, said equality will be when a woman who is equally incompetent to the man who's been appointed the role gets appointed because that's rarely the case. It's usually an exceptional woman um, replacing a not very good man. And that's just the challenge that exists today. It's a really good question because the numbers clearly show that by adding uh, a woman in the corporate board at the top level of companies actually boosts the bottom line. Another voice that we hear in the book from the business world is Christine Lagarde, who has the most difficult job. She is constantly under fire. What did she say? She speaks very eloquently about the way in which you have to take the rough with the smooth. She, you know, she has been under fire for a very, very long time. Um, As you rightly say, no one would say her job is easy. Um, And you have to be comfortable with that. You know, she talks about the fact that if you want to be up there um, at the peak of your profession, speaking... um, for things that you believe in, making those arguments, then you've actually got to take the criticism, the, the, the justified criticism and, very importantly, the unjustified mm-hmm. criticism. And I think that is something that a lot of the women talk about, which is, you know, it's bad, deal with it and move on rather than give up. Did you get the sense that Christine Lagarde was kind of above all the the bitchiness that happens in in the IMF and all the kind of criticism that comes at her? Did you get the sense she was quite relaxed about it? I don't think she's relaxed. I think she's come to the conclusion it's part of the job. Mm-hmm. And actually the skill she brings to it is probably that of many diplomats, which is... You, you learn how to navigate it, and she's supreme in that capability. I mean, just an amazing talent um, who's found a way of being, you know, a great leader and a great female leader. She always seems so kind of effortlessly cool and French to me. Well, she's very elegant. I yeah. mean, as part of the project, what I absolutely love about her is this steely determination and this sort of very um, uh, acute kind of um, 
brain, but at the same time these divine earrings. And, <laughs> um, and I think that's the combination that Absolutely. is attractive, isn't it? Yes. Um, so, you know, among other people that you spoke to, Lena Dunham, the actress who is best known for girls, what about those differences between the younger generation and the older generation? Did you feel that there was more kind of naivety among the younger women that you spoke to? There's quite a modesty um, amongst all of them. You know, quite often we got told, <clears throat> excuse me, are you are you sure you want me? What about so-and-so? What about so-and-so? There was a really strong sense of, you know, surely not me, there's mm -hmm. someone who could speak to this better. And, you know, that was really common. And, you know, we found a lot of women didn't want to be held up as a, yeah. an icon or, dare I say it, a role model. Um but the campaign is really about getting women to appreciate that unless they do, yeah. it, it doesn't give, an, give others, young people in particular, permission mm -hmm. to do so. So, yeah, no one wants to feel that they're the finished article because it means the best of you is behind you. Yeah, absolutely. So for young people, you know, one of the things they're dealing with is, well, I might do something even better or I might achieve more. Um and and so you never really want to count it all up and assess it and say, that's me, because you're looking to the next thing. That really doesn't surprise me, actually, because when we're booking guests, we find women in particular have to be persuaded. Well, you know, it was really interesting when we tried to put this book together. We are so many women and, you know, the real natural tendency is no, not me, someone else. And I think there is... I, I suppose, a quite um, unhelpful modesty that we have to get over because, I mean, you know, there is some... There's a wonderful quote, I think it's actually Mandela, who, who says, by giving ourselves, you know, by allowing ourselves to shine, we give permission to others to shine around us. And I absolutely love that quote. And I think that's really what this campaign is all about, is you owe it to others. It's not about you crowing or saying, look at me. It's about giving others permission to know that there are different ways, different measures of success, different achievements, and you have a duty, actually, to stand forward. I think the other thing, by the way is women hate being filmed and photographed. Um, yep, I can testify to that. And, and, and truthfully, that's part of it as well, because when you say, well, we're going to photograph you, and then worse, we're going to film you, they hate it. And my um, podcast and is then, so great. <laughs> and then, of course, we blow it up to 20 feet high and put it on posters. And then you see your massive face everywhere. And don't they all look stunning? Hey! As we're on about awesome women, here is another one, Antonia O'Brien, who has a new podcast. And guess what? Our mate from the Christmas episode, Tony Mortimer, is on the show picking his three favourite films. That's the task of the pod. Sounds really difficult to me. How does anyone do that? What would I pick? I'll get back to you on that. So without Enter the Dragon, I would never have got into songwriting. Go listen to Admit One on iTunes and Audioboom. Boom. 
Katrina, I want to talk about you for a bit. Because the thing that always struck me about you that was amazing is that you managed to work with your husband for so long. <laughs> I would have murdered my husband in the first week of working with him. How did you do it? Yeah, I know. In fact, most people are more amazed that we're still married, yeah. that we actually grew a business together. And um, it, it's not easy. I, you know, I think what it boils down to it's like a lot of things in life it's it's about it's 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 the same criteria as working successfully you have to show respect for the people you work with and it's no different when you work with your husband it's about what's he good at what am I good at how do we maximize that um in truth we found we never really disagreed on the big things it was the little things that used to annoy us. And one of the things we learned to do was always commute to and from work separately. Because oh, that's, that's when we'd fall out. Okay. And so um, waiting around for each other and being delayed was, like, very annoying. Yeah. So we we kind of had a rule set. And when we got home, we'd always ask if we wanted to talk about work, is that okay? And okay. if the other one said, no, I'd rather not, then it was off the table. So it's having those very strict rules with each other. Yeah, which were really about keeping your sanity yeah. and, and creating a divide between work and home because we also had children through setting up a business. Mm -hmm. So we weren't just married. We, you know, we had young children um, and we had to share responsibilities for those as well. And did you feel like you shared those responsibilities 50-50 or were you taking a little bit you know, more... I haven't said this before, but I think part of the reason I could even consider doing the female leaders was my husband never treated me other than as an equal. Mm -hmm. And it was very much, we couldn't have done it if it hadn't been shared responsibilities. Um, I think it was an important part. So, you know, you you worked in supermarkets for years and I love the story of Lord McLaurin, who was the chairman of, of Tesco, um, when you guys went to pitch to him about Tesco Club Card, saying to you both, you know more about my customers after three months than I know after 30 years. How does it feel to have someone say that to you? It was the magic moment mm -hmm. of our career. We'll never, ever forget it because it's rare that there's a turning point that's so clearly marked. It's rare that someone so senior and powerful will be so generous yeah. and clear and signal something um, in that moment. And it was a massive turning point. And then the whole organisation got behind rolling it out on a scale we'd never even imagined. I mean, you know, Tesco doubled their market share over less than seven years. So they, you know, they went from something like 16% to over 30%. Yeah. And it was meteoric yeah. um, and so exciting. And what's the story behind how you got into that meeting with him? What I mean, you know, I know a lot of our listeners run businesses and are trying to get meetings mm. with people in Tesco and other supermarkets. How did you get that? <laughs> well, they do say that timing and luck play a part in everything. <laughs> and we 
we were very early pioneers of customer insight mm-hmm. and they were trialing the very early stages of of a reward card uh-huh. and they'd got lots of data and um one of their young um directors was at a conference where we were talking about what we were doing with large amounts of data to create insight that was the lucky moment because mm-hmm. it was this chap called Grant Harrison who spotted us and he asked us to help because they couldn't figure out whether this small amount of early stage data was making a difference or not and so he asked us to analyze it and when we went back to him oh and he said oh and by the way with Pesco, we never use consultants. This isn't going to be long-term. It's a one-off. <laughs> and we were like, okay, because he said, don't get excited. And um, when we presented back the date, the insight to mm-hmm. him, having done this three-month study, he kept asking questions. And the more we told him, the more questions he asked. And in the end, he said, stop. There is no way I am going to get away with presenting this at the Tesco board meeting. And you guys, because you know it, are going to have to present it. So he was vitally important too because he knew that his directors would keep asking as senior people do. And it was really his liberal approach and then that kind of relentless questioning that meant we got to the top table. You guys were early pioneers of big data. Have we gone overboard with big data now? It's everywhere I look. Yeah, it is. I mean, you know, big data is just... I, I mean, partly it's it's the invention by the technologists for justifying a new form of investment. That it, That's always happened. Most big data is uninteresting and unhelpful. Mm. And so there's really only the the interesting data that's important. And by the way, data intrinsically is only interesting if you create insight from it. So it's not what you have, it's what you do with it. That's yeah. rather an old phrase. Not how big it is, it's what you do with <laughs> Absolutely. it. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Tesco has sold off most of its assets. It went through a massive phase of buying everything. It bought Giraffe, it had Harrison Hall, the coffee chain. It owned Dunhumby. Dunhumby is the only one it has kept. Do you think it's time for it to go as well? Well, they had a go at uh, selling it um, a couple of years ago. Um, It was, you know, it was put on for a valuation of near enough $2 billion, which was, you know, an exciting and proud moment for me. Quite a lot Um, more than you they bought it from eBay. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you could say we're big failures. But really, we sold out. How much did you sell it for? 800 and... <clears throat> well, our part by then we'd sold down. So, so we, I mean, we came out. I mean, it's public record. We came out well, something just shy of a hundred million, which is, you know, it's not bad. Um, but yeah, they did very well out of it. And um, but they they tried to sell it, and um, it was really, I suppose, positioned um, wrongly at the time because it was embedded in. Um, multiple retailers across the world. Mm-hmm. Um, is the time right again now? Mm, possibly. Um, I I sort of watch it with keen interest, but it's no longer part of my world. You know, we're on our new adventure. Yeah. I um, you know, it's for me. It's still it's like a grown up 
child. I, I still care about it hugely, but it's no longer living at home with me, if you see what I mean. Well, that does actually move quite beautifully on to my next question, which is if your kids said to you, Mum, I'm going to be an entrepreneur, I'm going to start my own business, what would you say? Oh, go for it. I yeah. think it's the most fantastic adventure, the most exciting life. You learn to be resilient. You learn that you don't get anything without a lot of hard work and that you have to treat people around you well because at some stage everybody needs someone else. So I'm a big fan of starting your own business. It, it's not easy. You, you've got to, you know, you've got to take the rough with the smooth. Mm -hmm. But um, whether they both will, I don't know. Um, I think the youngest one is less decided than the oldest. Oh, really? Yeah, so I have an older daughter and she's pretty well on that track. Okay. And then I have a younger son who, not quite sure yet, um, not quite sure that he's given up the idea of just travelling to every country in the world yet. What one bit of advice will you give them as they go on? Do what you love because you're going to do it for a long time. And you will do it better if you love it. Great. Edwina Dunn, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you. With thanks to our guest Edwina Dunn and our podcast producer Jamie Wareham, this has been City AM's Unregulated Podcast. Hang about for this week's Twitter conversation, but also subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, or with RSS, or with your favourite podcast app. Remember, email advertising at audioboom.com if you're a brand that wants to connect with our ABC1 millennial audience. And to this week's Twitter conversation, tweet me at Emma Hazlitt, that's with two Ts, with your favourite Michelle Obama gif, because we basically all need a break from professional development sometimes, and also because Michelle Obama. Till next week. City AM Unregulated is an audio boom production. Hold up. 